Welcome to Different Gravy, Not Just Another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, well, it was supposed to be the most hotly anticipated reunion since the one where the friends all got fat and old, or since ABBA disappointed everyone. And it's been derailed by the man, a spurious and convenient new variant named after a Transformer, purely designed to halt this meeting of minds. Why is it that the powers that be halted this event at all costs? Is it because such revelry could wake the sleeping Wednesday giant? Or could the concentrated bonhomie bring about world peace, taking vital funds from Johnny Bang Bang? Perhaps we'll never know, or maybe we'll find out on Boxing Day. For now, though, my remote, but less remote than normal, friend and yours, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? Well, doing okay, Rich. The fucking powers that be, eh? Oh. Won't let us do shit. I just often just wake my wake up and shake my fist at the sky. Just <laughs> damn you, the man, stopping all our fun. By the man, you mean the big beardy, <laughs> big beardy god? Is that what you mean? Well, it's the, it's the patriarchy goes all the way to the top. We know this. Um, how, yeah, Roald so- Dahl's BFG, big fuck off god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so very blasphemous that, but that word, that that book he did, you know, Huge, hugely blasphemous. James and the massive fuck off page. <laughs> Charlie and the bastard chocolate factory. <laughs> oh, we're not even trying to be adult anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> <You know. laughs> oh dear. Um, so mm. yes, we are not. The, the plan was we were going to be in my car recording post-match, hopefully after giving Accrington Stanley another right good seeing to. Um, <laughs> and by that, I mean eking out a 3-2 win. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there is, there's COVID in the ranks. We, there's too many Wednesday players poorly sick. With uh, presumably the Omicron variant, and therefore the match is called off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what we decided to do is we're only one game away from being halfway through this season. Uh, so we thought we'd do a mid-term review, a bit of a report card on on the players and the club and, and how things have gone thus far. Um, assess Mr. Moore's progress as as manager. Um, so we're we're kind of offstead coming in uh, just before Christmas, making a surprise appearance at the school of Sheffield Wednesday and uh, and running the rule over all of them. Mm. But before we get to that, we should cover a tiny. I mean, there's a tiny, tiny little bit of news. So we've we've made one drop. We should just always use it. That's that's the rule. Uh... Breaking hoo hoos. So breaking hoo-hoos, apart from the obvious, <laughs> that there is no blooming match because of bloody Omicron. Uh, <laughs> um, there was a nice bit of news for young Theo Corbino in that he's been named best young or best male young Canadian footballer of the year. So that's rather rather sweet. That's rather spiffing and a great, uh, great award for the young man. 
Um, I don't know what kind of great competition he's up to, but uh, if you were going to ask me who my favourite young Canadian football player would be, it would be him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly from my knowledge, the absolute best Canadian young player. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know whether you might have some insight. You know, like Ted Lasso sort of kicks a ball about with that young girl. Um on the street, I don't know whether you you sort of spotted some talent on your on your <laughs> your your day to day life in 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 Canada that uh, might challenge Corbin for his, his prize. But uh, head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, way better than um, than my friends' children. So. <laughs> and now he so Jade Rose is named the the female. Uh, Young player of the year. And I think those two now have to get married. So that's sweet as well. Young love. Um, <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> when is an arranged marriage not not worked out? That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. It's a, mm-hmm. it's always a good idea. That's what, mm. that's what history has told us. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> shall we... Or do we want to talk about Omicron or is it just too boring? Do we just want to go on to, or too sad and depressing? <laughs> do I was going to say it's more depressing than boring. I think it's yeah, still, I I think it's I of interest, but uh, I don't know. I mean, if, uh, like I think I said to you prior to this podcast, uh, like I feel that my life is kind of right now. I'm kind of, you know, I traveled over here and, uh, you know, I really just hunkered down with my family, mm. basically, and I'm, you know, scaling back a lot of social arrangements. I don't even know how much of social arrangements. I didn't get to see you, Rich. Uh, we talked yeah. about meeting up and doing some alternative episode, which I would have loved. But for me, getting over and traveling that, you know, on using the world of public transport doesn't yeah. make me feel fantastic right now. So, yeah. yeah, no, I'm kind of hunkering down. Like, I feel like I'm in some kind of Russian post-apocalyptic film, kind of like a, a failed communism, a quiet place basically so it's kind of where i am so and then i think a lot of people think oh well maybe there's some football on the tv but uh it's not a great deal of football on tv well that's been two televised games today i guess i think that's yeah conveniently those seem to be the ones that have held together Mm, funny that isn't it it is funny uh (laughs) not ha-ha funny though uh no no it's strange and i mean I, I thought there was an interesting article by uh, Joe Cran in the Star, which kind of said that Sheffield Wednesday focused that the club had done as much as it could to kind of put in a lot of COVID protocols in place, but yet seemingly still Omicron managed to get past that, like uh, like an episode of the Crimson Factor, really. <laughs> it does seem, I mean, I, I have to say, uh, um, everybody's probably got stories like this, so apologies for being another boring tit on this but uh so many people have sort of told stories of like and four five of us went to dinner and all five have tested positive and things like that so it does seem to be a virulent strain um but it's just a pain in the backside isn't it really uh Mm. hopefully everyone it's all mild cases all around and uh the only thing we need to worry about is the the inconvenience of it all rather than uh, mm-hmm. more than that uh, because obviously yeah not everybody's lucky enough for it to just be a kind of nuisance um so a, a mid-term review we are we are 22 games into this season 
Uh, it will be a 46-game season, so we are, we're pretty much exactly halfway through. There is a couple of teams in the league that I presume play today that are uh, are there in terms of uh, being halfway through their season. So it seems like a good time to take some stock and run, as I say, run a bit of a rule over the players and see see who's doing well, who's not doing well, who needs to, you know, who needs a must-do-better um, so that they can think on in the second half of the season and really book their ideas up. Otherwise, they're not going to pass their GCSEs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to go through squad nu- through by squad number. We've got some backup stats in terms of how many games they've figured in, how many uh, minutes they've played. Um, but yeah, we'll go through everybody, and we'll also, as I say, we'll, we'll turn our attention to Darren Moore as well. Um, so, do we want to kick things off with our number one? Let's do that. It's Young Bailey, Bailey Peacock Farrell. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lord of the Manor. So, uh, Lord of the Manor, Bailey Peacock Farrell. I'm going to go with his rating and then go into a little bit of thinking behind that. Okay. So, the first rating of the Sheffield Wednesday squad, Bailey Peacock Farrell, mm. I've given him an A minus. Ooh. I had a difficult time with settling between an A and an A minus to BPF. I think we can't, be- we can't begin to appreciate having a decent goalkeeper at the club. And what exactly have is there been some really some real clangers, and that probably rolls it down slightly to an A minus. But there is a lot to said for the lack of competition and not pushing him forward, or indeed more importantly for anybody else in the goalkeeper department at Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. He is at least one level above this tier, and I think he'll comfortably get an A in his end of season season markings. A promising young man. He's comfortably, I think, at this stage now. Gained us more points than he's potentially lost us, hasn't he? I think I uh, would definitely think so. Yeah, I mean the arguments, you know, like there's very much like a kind of point spread on this, right? Yeah, of which it's more, a lot more in the positive than it is in the negative. Let's be honest. Totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would. Yeah, I was my initial. To be honest, my sort of initial feeling was B plus. So A minus is not a million miles from there, and I'm probably happy to go along with an A minus, um, with the kind of caveat that he needs to, you know, needs to keep up the good work. <laughs> um, I don't know how many international games we've got in the new year. That's um, that's another question because his form has been less good. I think immediately after he's returned from those games at times, uh, so it might that might have a factor in things. Uh, and obviously, I think the next time we're staring down the barrel of an international break probably comes and looks around March. Okay, so yeah, I think so- I remember that it was quite kind of the season is more kind of front loaded in terms of international breaks than the next one. So I'm just going to take a quick look at this as we speak, but I'm pretty certain that we're looking into substantially into 2022. Yeah, yeah interestingly, it even looks like. June for Northern. Maybe that's wrong. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could be. I mean, everything is kind of so skewed by the calendar, right? It is. Of um, the World Cup for 2022, right? Yeah. So I think we do have one in March. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'll be honest. I don't want to doubt you. I don't doubt you. Okay. Well, let's just go and say that I'm correct and I can just be proven wrong afterwards because that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that works. That works. It's kind of on theme with most of the things that come out on this podcast. 
As long as you sound assured in the moment, there'll be enough people that go away thinking you're well, right. Well, I, I think that's probably a good lesson in life. Sometimes it's more important to be confident than right. I'll be honest with you. So, <laughs> Oh, no, there's one January 30th. Oh, balls. Oh, dear. Well, there we go. That's proved me wrong. Oh, no. And now you're... So we have two... House of Cards crumbles yet again. We have two forthcoming, which means we get more of Joe Wilson. Top 40 Joe. Top 40 Joe. I'm sure in, spending the Christmas break working on a brand new haircut for us all. Good. I hope that during his downtime, hopefully he hasn't got COVID. Mm. I barely hope anyone in the club has got COVID, but clearly it seems like quite a few people have COVID. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he could use um, some, of his, some of his antibodies developing in his thick mane of hair to actually work towards the virus, maybe. <laughs> well... I've not found a fixture until to just counterbalance. I've not found a fixture until June for Northern Ireland. So, um, some maybe somewhere that maybe maybe January, maybe June, maybe somewhere in between. Who knows? Mm. Uh, <laughs> it would be very nice if it was June because that would put us that give us the rest of the season clear, wouldn't it? <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. Okay, so at A minus for Young Bailey Peacock Farrell, rather lovely. Um, and I think he might make prefect this year, to be honest. <laughs> um, number two is is Liam Palmer. Liam Palmer gets an A minus in my book. Always a man of consistency in the West and Wednesday lineup. Dependable, the definition of utility, the works yeah. off express. I'm genuinely thinking he's the best defender of the club. Maybe unfortunately cool. down to a gladiator like battle. Where everyone else pings their hammies in battle. <laughs> Liam Palmer, you are victorious. And let's not forget roving golfer. And now he's a roving golfer as well. I know he's added a lot more strings to his bow. It's interesting for a, a player of his age and his caliber with the sheer history he's had with the club. Just he's gone through a number of kind of kind of gear changes to kind of settle into this role. But it's his um his latter career blossoming is is really something something fantastic, something to behold. Yeah, definitely. And he's so he's actually played the most minutes for us uh, this season in the in the league. How many minutes has he played total, Rich? One thousand eight hundred ninety of a possible uh, one thousand nine hundred eighty. So he's pretty much been there and ever present. Although I, I imagine that means he's gone off a sub in maybe one game. Um, that's insane. Yeah, pretty mm. impressive from Liam Palmer. But as you say, yeah, that utility, the fact he can play, <laughs> he's probably our best left back. He's possibly our best right back. Well, no, he is our best left back. He's probably our best right back. And he's certainly not bad at all at centre-back. <laughs> is um, is quite a, quite a thing to be able to say about him. And uh, it's, as you say, it's weird that he's just never shaken in the eyes of some Wednesdayites. He's never quite shaken some of his early foibles um he's become hugely dependable <laughs> and a very very good player for us uh and yeah long may it continue just turned 30 so he's got a he's got a, a little while left in him as well i would think mm-hmm. um performing at this sort of top level um so mm-hmm. aiden brown comes up next a much more divisive figure <sighs> Jaden Brown, this is a very difficult one to grade. 
Um, right now, I'm going with. I'm happy to be swayed in any direction on this one, Rich, but I'm going for a C minus for Jaden Brown. You, you know, it, it feels hard to be disappointed by a player who we thought would come in and be backup and cover for the squad. But I think it's just the fact that like he had such a promising start. I know, and then and then nothing. And it's not even a kind of stagnation of his kind of skill set in his Wednesday career. It's actively reversing backwards. You know, it's the the analogy I want to use is that it's a fast and furious drag race where it stops immaculately and then reverses quicker than a Tesla does, but it does donuts by reversing off the track, down the hill, and uh, into a barn fire. <laughs> All the while dressed like a lady. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Which would just be unpractical for a car to be dressed like a woman. <sighs> mm. mm-hmm. I mean, the heels just alone. The heels alone. So Jaden Brown is doing his uh, <laughs> drag race <laughs> in his heels. Um, I Maybe he would fare better on RuPaul, RuPaul's show <laughs> than he would at Hillsborough. But it's just been disappointing. It's been it disappointing has. for him, disappointing for us. Um, and I mean, the last, the last kind of sign-off we've had on this midterm report was him just kind of doing a, um, it's like him doing kind of like a, a drama assignment, which is just a, a, a video of his one-man monologue, <laughs> where in the middle of it, he just takes a poo. <laughs> really. It's, it's about the weight of that for his last kind of touches, a Sheffield Wednesday player, yeah. touches marking a spectacularly terrible own goal. While he should be trying to going out there and making a making a decent fist of a chance of you know getting a chance against uh, uh, yeah um, to put himself in the first team picture view, I I think in terms of the C minus grade, I think that's fair enough. I think it's tricky because obviously he's one of the youngest players in the squad. He's he's just you know well he's he's just about to turn twenty three. So. Um, Certainly, the youngest of the players we've discussed so far. Maybe he's not one of the youngest players in the squad, but he's at the younger end of things. And what's been his best performances came at the top of the pitch, uh, although he was maybe brought in as a left back and seems to have played his football for Huddersfield as a left back. Uh, for us, he's been best as a left winger. And weirdly, I think because the odd experiment of someone that we will get to talking about soon. Um, the odd experiment of having Marvin Johnson work out as a left-sided centre-back has meant that Jaden Brown has been put there, despite the fact he has absolutely no attributes that make him... Like, I think in hindsight, Johnson has some things that you would sort of think, OK, it's a bit out there, but uh, maybe it can work on the following terms. There's nothing about Jaden Brown that makes me think centre-back. And it's almost like yeah. we're almost expecting the same freak incident to work twice for us. Uh, not that, I mean, you can still do better than he's done in those weird, even though you're put in a weird position, you can still do your best for the team and not create terrible howlers like the own goal he scored. But um, I do have some sympathy for him that why on earth should it work for him being a centre-back just because it works for... Marvin Johnson, who's bigger and older 
at a very, very different period in his career. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully there's a bit of room for him to turn things around. Uh, as we said, he is still young. He's got a reasonable caliber for his age. Um, but definitely the C minus is there to to make him buck up his ideas and hopefully uh, do a bit better coming going forward from there. Uh, right. Number four, the player that's played the least minutes so far out of the... Uh, rocking in at 45 minutes is Lewis Gibson. And uh, I really want to ask you, Rich, just how many minutes is that? No, that is 45 minutes is what he's played. 45 minutes. Because he came, he got taken off at halftime. But he did he play some cup football as he well? Played a cup. So this is the, that's the league game. So he did play. He did play forty five minutes mm. as well. So he has played a total of ninety minutes of football for Sheffield Wednesday. That is absolutely insane. That really is something else. Um, anyway, in terms of marking, um, there's a really difficult kind of mentality with looking at some of these players, and there's going to be a lot of these players we get into who are. Mm kind of mired with a degree of a real degree of um being injured and not being fit and not being available so what can we really kind of take from them and it's it's just a real shame in a certain way that that kind of leads to a degree of ire towards those people which there is nothing really against them as human beings yeah, it's not it's like something they're trouble. consciously doing but um, I mean, for Lewis Gibson, I've gone for a C. And I said, there's an overarching feeling of, for, of what could have been. You know, I, I doubt we ever see him get, saw him get going. And who knows if we if we ever will at Sheffield Wednesday. It seems like we're in a kind of weird space like now, whereby I, I think that because the position is we were not in a great position of power currently. Mm. Um, I think that kind of leaves things open to see what um to see about his rehabilitation and whether he would be someone who would come back at the club i mean we we do kind of have and kind of have to give a lot of kudos and a lot of uh focus on darren moore's opinion you know i i genuinely despite some of the uh decisions about who gets to play i i trust that he can see that lewis gibson is talented yeah but it it has been remarkably poor so far. Yes. Well, I think annoyingly, apart from that weird, very, very weird start that he had, where he like almost immediately cost us a goal. Once he recovered from that sort of like brain fart, I thought he looked all right. But um, but it's just we've seen so so little of him, and yeah, I don't know whether I th- I think there are rules that they can only like. He can only officially go, like, have his loan cancelled at the six month mark. I think there's, there are, there's, like, you're, the, you know, the, the stricter rules around loans are that you can't just sort of take people back midway through a season, for instance, um, at least officially. Uh, but things do get reviewed in January, which the, is the, one of the things there's been some murmurs about Bailey Peacock Farrell potentially being called back, although hopefully. Hopefully, nothing in that um, in January. But that's that's when the, these six month periods are, are, are the way that things work effectively. Um, yeah, uh, just a real letdown from so far. Uh, as you say, not his fault. But we could have done with another centre back. We could have done with a left sided centre back, and 
he's not been the not been there for us. Not been the one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, next up, another divisive figure, Sam Hutchinson. <sighs> Sam Hutchinson gets a B. The mm. Farmer and the Viper is a popular Aesop fable, whereby a farmer takes pity on a snake, freezing in the snow, and takes him in and nurses him to full health. In the fable, the snake bites the farmer, and the farmer dies. A person by Phaedrus concludes that you should not expect a reward from the wicked. Maybe we should write a mon version of this tale where we should not expect a result from the crockhead. <laughs> and there is just so much weighty baggage beyond the protestations that Sam Hudson loves his club that it's so hard to genuinely think of him as a first-team starter. Yeah. Saying that amid another injury-hit season, it's hard to say anything higher than a B, or even lower than a B, I want to say. Having him here at this stage should be a slightly higher bonus, but it, it has been fine for him in this new role as a cultured centre-back. I think, yeah, an A for appearances at centre-back, a C for appearances in midfield, landing in a B in the middle. Um, it, it's just... <laughs> it's so bizarre that just drama seems to follow certain people. Why is it this This is the third time that he's been injured, but maybe not injured under a manager? He's fallen out with people. He's People are speaking in code about him and whatever else. Oh, I, it's just so weird. It's so weird to be a 32-year-old man that sort of has this swirl of like high school snarky gossip about him. Mm. Uh, and again, he's another character where I think it would have been better to have him in the in the team more often than not. Certainly at centre back, yeah. Uh, and whether it's his long history of being crocked or his long history of being an absolute <laughs> snipe, who knows? But between the two of them, unfortunately, he's taking up a, a place in the squad and a wage and has offered us mm. nothing outside of the first, like, 10 games of the season. Mm-hmm. And actually, all of our good form, really, has coincided. Or, or you know, our, we, we started well and then the, we had the blip. The blip was corrected in the time that he's not involved. So whether we want to see him back in the midst, I don't know, um, because of the, you know, as I say, the coterie of drama that... Uh, <laughs> the, the trails in behind him, like a, like a bride with a... Uh, an overly elaborate dress. Um, but yeah, I think taking him as a player alone, B seems fair. I'm, I'm happy to go along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominic Iorfa, next up. Um, Iorfa goes for a B plus in my reckoning. You know, I love Iorfa and I think everybody does. You know, I think he's been largely very decent. I'm glad he's had a big spell in the run of games. Um, it doesn't seem historically like he's had that long a spell of playing for Wednesday before something happens. So again, we're staring down the back of that, and it's it's hard to it's hard to rate and indeed possibly also love a player who has unfortunately a lot of recurring injury problems that he does. I don't know how much is related. I don't know whether it's just he's unfortunate, but um, I think we knew that when we picked him up. Um, you know, it uh, was a gamble, which I think has largely kind of paid off. But uh, yeah. it has been frustrated with some very substantial injuries. So, 
very good for us and shown himself a tier above despite some issues i think with complacency i think that's the thing that i i think that you pick up a lot on rich on yeah. our kind of coverage of wednesday yeah times where he looks a little bit um just takes things a little bit for granted at times yeah and uh, interesting so i would get, i absolutely um concur with everything you've said and i think the score as well but interestingly another significant defensive player where we've we've now managed to find something without them involved that looks just as stable and secure as as anything that we had with them involved so um there's some of the even now people are talking or we'll, we'll get to him in time but like dunkley coming back into the mix you know once you've found a formula that works do you do you break how much do you break that up for the returning players because they're mm. the ones that should be there and would be there um or do you stick with your solutions that you found um yeah it's such a shame that his uh, his injuries just keep uh, keep cropping up keeping him on the sidelines cuz yeah no doubt a very 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 fine player uh in his prime as well uh you know just just turned 26 um Number seven is Olamide Shadipo. Shadipo goes with a D for me. Mm. How did this guy get 13 goals last season? Was it a much worse league that year? Or is he just that much worse this year? It is staggering how bad he has largely been. I hope if he's still there, then he can prove massively. And he owes it to both himself and to us to do that. I think he will be better in the second half of the season. But that could well not be saying very much as a result. No. no. Toss. Toss. <laughs> I, I cannot, be, as you say, I can't believe how bad he's been. I, I just, it, I can't fathom how he's the same guy that got so many goals. Um, mm-hmm. I am shocked, truly shocked to my core to find out that he is 24 years old as well. Like, he is not a spring chicken. He's... I mean, maybe the writing's on the wall if you're 24 years old and still being loaned out by your parent club. Um, just a huge, huge disappointment. So little in the way of return. We've got one goal out of him. He's played a fair amount of minutes. Not not masses, to be fair to him. He's played 600 minutes. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. He's he. It's just... Maybe the the most disappointing of all the signings because mm. he wasn't supposed to be a gamble. Like that was no. us bringing in proven quality, a guy that's done it in this league already. You know, you'd say knows the league even when he comes in. And no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't know the league. He doesn't know what his feet are doing, apparently. He doesn't know anything. Uh, yeah, a real, real letdown, hopefully. There's lots of room for improvement. <laughs> Hopefully, he will uh, he will improve in the second half of the season. Um, next up is number eight, Den Den Dennis Adinarin. Dennis Adinarin is a very strange one to look at. I've gone with a B here. Mm. So, I mean, this is someone who came in and just looks looks completely apart for a real dynamic athletic midfield presence, which was something that we've been largely missing in the middle of the park at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And, you know, he just came out the blocks just as part of that and by joining us this season. 
you know, someone who looked at basically to say to us, you know, you should never forget me as being part of this first team picture. Yeah. But then it's been a bit of a slow demise, um, more of a kind of stagnation than looking at Jaden Brown's, uh, you know, blow up on his heels. Um, but I'm unsure if that is to be sympathetic, um, if that's an injury, or whether it's yeah. just purely a standard he could never keep going. Yeah. I'm really hoping he returns whenever that is. He's been gone for a long time with injury now. And I still think there's very much a need for Dennis Adeniran. Um, I, I, I'm sure he will have much of a, a thing to play. I don't know if the midfield is something that we've ever found any great solution to. I, I think while he's been kind of fading out the picture, though, FDB has been kind of rising into that picture. Yeah. So not that they're similar players, but it, it kind of makes me feel once you're getting alongside the mentality of you're playing Bannon um, and then you're playing one of those two in kind of part of that midfield they're similar, three. Yeah, they're similar enough that it's a gamble to play the two of them together. Mm, That's yeah. The they both want to get on the ball and kind of burst forward from midfield. They're not as interested <laughs> at, uh, uh, um, in the defensive side of the midfield experience. I Yeah, I, I'm, I don't want to think that it's kind of almost like a Giles Coke-esque go off like a rocket and then spend the rest of your career as an absolute whimper. Um, but it's feeling that that way at the moment with Adena. And I, he's, he's young enough that, you know, that he, he can still turn things around. He can, it can be better, but it, it's a bit, it's a bit sad to see how quickly he's faded, how little, how little of the good stuff we've actually seen really. Um, Cause three goals from him and he got those, almost straight away that the the club posted on Instagram all of our goals from this season and I'd almost forgotten just how front and centre he was in the good stuff early doors Mm -hmm. Uh, really really like making moments happen making chances happen and if not scoring himself making opportunities for other people and we've just we've not seen any of that really for a good few months partly through injury he's been in in and out through injury um, but also when he's played, he's just been completely anonymous too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fingers crossed that's not, you know, it's a, it's a temporary, it's all related to the injuries and he can, he can get fit and start, start pulling his weight again. A very, very likable character. I, w- I want him to do well, <laughs> not just mm-hmm. as a fan, but uh, you know, he seems like a lovely young man and uh, yeah, uh, the better he does, the better we do. Um, numero nine, Lee Gregory. He gets the biggest mark so far, which is nay. Recently christened by the star writers as Mr. 40%, because he has been involved in 40% of the goals, and not <laughs> as much like an anchorman aftershave in that 40% of the time he works every time. <laughs> Despite these percentages, I do think he has been a difference between us knocking on the top six and not knocking on the top six. A yeah. real presence up front with guile and a degree of skill that make him looks like a top six, number nine in this division. Lee Gregory has been a great signing, and I hope and expect him to get 20 goals this season or to be very, very close in the process. Yeah, bearing out your pre-season prediction that our number nine would uh, would be our top scorer. He's, he's definitely pulling his weight in that regard. He's, I think, in the same 
in the same way that we kind of built a team around Stephen Fletcher and and his style of play, we've sort of learned to play to Gregory. I think in a in a in a real way, um, and he's responded brilliantly to that. Uh, he's I don't think he works as well on his own as he does in a partnership. So we've by and large we do give him somebody to to a foil to play off. Um, over time, it would be really nice to see him and Windass really build up a, a rapport up there at the top end. Mm. I think that could be an absolutely devastating combination. Um, but in the meantime, you know, he seems to get the best out of Canberra. Um, we see good moments between him and Patterson. Again, early in the season, that was a, a partnership that looked like it had real promise. Hopefully, hopefully we can see a bit more of that again in the future. But... We- <sighs> We can't be unhappy with with uh, him, really. Uh, oh God, no. no! He's done absolutely what we want him to do, and he's done it consistently. Uh, as you say, forty percent of the goals. Interestingly, yeah. Um, sorry, there was a different statistic, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in the league, eight goals, four assists. Um, him and Windass would be a real lethal weapon of like shit housery, you know. Absolutely. That's a lot of uh, it's a lot of opposition getting very very wound up. Maybe you can just uh, chap in an on rushing Callum Patterson, and then they're going to just be riots, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I an A is a really fine uh, fine result for him. He's I'm very very pleased with Luke Gregory. Mm-hmm. Especially as a man wandering in here, that Luke obviously never called him, but um, his friends might have called him Lee Piggery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet those people are really eating their words right now, aren't they? Those, those stupid people. Those, uh, those idiots. <laughs> Next up, number 10, and your captain, Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon. Mm, Bannon. We've asked. I've uh, gone for a, a B plus for Barry Ooh, Bannon. Okay. I don't know what else to say, but yes, he is decent. And yes, he probably should be at a higher level and dare say with better players around him and truly some championship tier play, but maybe we need to realize his set pieces are usually flirting with league two level. Yeah. I think the answer is relying on him a little less in that department, but still someone who can turn up and really make the difference for Sheffield Wednesday on his day. Yeah. He's, I, I think it's definitely helped that we've, drop the idea of him being this attacking midfielder and the kind of everything having to go through him. Generally, play moves quicker when he's not directly involved. Um, and mm. in me, when he does get involved, it's sort of different and, and special and can can be more effective. Um, B, B plus feels a little harsh to me, but uh, mm. he, still, he still is the heart of so much of what we do. Uh you know, I think if Gregory's been involved in 40% of the goals, I'd imagine Bannon's been involved in 30, maybe more than 30%. Um, Would you notch him to an A minus in your book, Rich? If you're probably just, agreeing probably with just. He's right on that cusp. Mm-hmm. He's not had an unqualified Lee Gregory esque success because, as you say, some of the set pieces really have. <laughs> He's set new lows in terms of set pieces, uh, mm. despite maybe setting new highs in terms of his uh, looking dangerous in front of goal. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, but it's close enough. We're, we're in the same ballpark. 
next up, number 11, he's only just sort of made his way back into things, uh, but already making making a mark statistically, uh, Josh Windass. Josh Windass, again, another difficult kind of thing to give a rating to, but I'm trying to give a rating based off what we've seen so far. Mm. Um, I think maybe slightly generously I've gone for B+. I mean, he's back and he's getting back underway. Um, a generous mm. B+, considering his injury, I wasn't sure if we would see him anywhere before this side of the new year. Yeah. Um, but a, a couple of incredibly decent strikes. And I'm looking forward to a fully fit uh, Josh Windows. Here, here. Uh, I concur on all of those things. We do need to find, I do think long-term, um, hoping that he is fit, we do need to find a position for him. I think, in fact, he's just sort of sent on to run around a bit. Um, works okay <laughs> to an extent. But I think, you know, when the rest of the team's having to be so tactically disciplined, uh, I think we might need to settle on him actually playing in one place so that people can, you know, know where to look and know where to pass. And he himself knows where to be. Uh, number 13 is unlucky for some, but has it been unlucky for Callum Patterson? Callum Patterson gets a B plus. Another mm. confusing enigma of a player, but one whom we love in his wholehearted approach to the game. Maybe a triumph with square pegs and round holes is a greater look under the microscope of one of life's greatest mysteries. The true position of Callum Patterson. <laughs> I'm glad we have him here still and looking forward to more bra Bron wherever he plies his trade on the pitch. <laughs> it's still amazingly just 27 years old of age as well. <laughs> I really hope we can get him. I really hope he's not leaving the end of the season. I think there's some confusion about how the length of his contract, but um, I hope it's not our last year with Cal Patterson. I hope so too. Mm-hmm. It's. I think regardless of where he plays, he sets the tone for the team so often. Like if it's a closing down performance, we need a bit of enthusiasm. We need a bit of a kick up the backside. He's the leader on the pitch that makes all of that happen. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I hope it's not the. It, we're not limited in how much time we see with him. It'd be very nice to keep him on board. Uh, big fan of Callum Patterson still, and B plus is is a nice nice place to land on a score for him. Uh, I reckon we might be in the territory of one of the lowest scorers for Luke because we come next to George Byers. Um, I think that uh, maybe this is a before I'm going to come out the rating. This might be something which I'm just going to just give a little tweak to. Yeah. Okay. I think he, uh, George Byers handed in a lot of his homework late, which did actually take a few points off the percentage <laughs> through how it was calculated. <laughs> so, and he didn't really have a good excuse for it, really. And he's got an annoying face. So, uh, initially, I wrote a C minus. I'm going to give him a D plus. Okay. In- impeccably underwhelming. Yeah. So, he was the one I didn't think we needed more center midfield options when he signed. And he feels like some weird, shiny kitchen tool that we still don't know what it's for. <laughs> Again, another another fear, another mentality with a lot of these players is, I really hope for both parties' sake that he figures out what he does and then how we can use his talents best on the pitch. 
the 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 fear is that we figure out that he does have a purpose and it's something stupid like grating nutmeg and then you're like well <laughs> how often am i going to grate nutmeg i don't need that utensil it's taking up space <laughs> oh he scoops melons really well but i hate melons <laughs> oh dear <laughs> poor old george byers I'm uh, my personal score for him would be slightly higher, but I am uh, <laughs> I've marked myself out as uh, not as disappointed as Luke in him, but I am increasingly being drawn to Luke's dark side on uh, on George Byers. Um, I'm I'm feeling feeling the darker elements of the Force when it comes to <laughs> the man from Swansea. Uh, but I mean, I also not helped by a lovely big long injury, like so many, like mm. so many members of the squad. Uh, so next up, he's not played any league minutes, but he's played a little bit in uh, in the slice of the action. Karidi Adedoyan was number fifteen in the squad. Um, so again, based off experiences and based off what we've seen, this is what we have to go through here, and so all markings won't be kind of the same. Mm. There's not even a weighting we could apply between these, which is uh, probably gives us some unique and fun little aberrations in this little tapestry that Rich and I are knitting together. <laughs> um, I'm going to give him a C plus. So Adedoyan gets a token nice mark for his token appearances in the cup that shall not be named. Got a goal and looks all right. I'd like to see him given a game or two in the league. Mm. As I think it might be a different option for us based off what we have. You know, maybe they're also youngsters who are more deserving. Or maybe he just isn't at this level. It's kind of hard to figure out, I'll be honest, without it is. without him actually being given the opportunity. But then we'll we'll get to him in time, but mm. isn't there a certain member of the squad that plays up front that like you sort of start to think, well, surely mm. giving giving a twenty year old a chance to prove himself would be better than repeatedly finding out that a 28-year-old is not up to the task. I guess so, but I'm sure maybe there's some nepotism we don't know about. Maybe there's a certain relation between the two that we just... But if maybe, that, maybe your... that explains it. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. But if that is your performance when you are repaying a favour, I think you have to question that friendship. Um, yeah, well... Uh... Yeah, well, that's I've similar thoughts. Let's let's put a pin in. Let's put a pin in that. And move let's on. Put a pin in that. We'll, put a pin in it. We'll cross that bridge when we come. We'll, to we'll we'll use red string to mark that from to move from that pin to the next pin. Uh, we'll cross that Berahinage. Hey, hey. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I I mean, I mean, it's interesting. So we've got we've had that weird flavor again. We talked about some of those new youngster signings right last week. Yeah. That were kind of coming in the squad, and then like it seemed like to kind of, and maybe it was purely just publicity implicating the fans, but it it seemed like we were being communicated with by the club that there was going to be a lot more of a youthful flair and edge mm. to this Sheffield Wednesday 2021-2022 squad. So like you know, he's a name that's kind of been in and around the forts and getting chances. Another striker who's not even on this list, who we won't cover, is Charles Hagen. Yeah. 
And then that just kind of looks at two players who... And there's young Kadamatri, isn't there? He's sort of... Uh, although I think he's only like 16 or something like that. So it would be a bit... Yeah, I always want to call him Kadamitri. Kadamitri. Like, like Delamitri. Yeah. Why are they called Delamitri? I don't know. It's a weird name, isn't it? It is. Now I'm going to have to look up Delamitri. Thanks. <laughs> and, and all bands really... Uh, they always really nicely explain their name, not not like REM or anything like that, where uh, <laughs> it's just a lot of ambiguous nonsense. What is the meaning of Delamitri? It means from the womb. Oh, really? From the womb in Greek. There we go. I just thought they might know someone called Del. Dale was a really good bloke who sold us kebabs. <laughs> And he lived up to the name because he actually did come from a womb, uh, which we were surprised about. Uh, <laughs> we used to say, Del, that's a meaty one. Ah! And the title got misheard. And that's how they got to call us Del Dimitri. That's how. And then Roll to Me happened and the rest mm. of history. And then they wrote the Scottish anthem, which oh. Rich loves to this day. Love it. Rich said to me, Rich said to me, I want that played at my funeral. <laughs> I think it's sort of, it's sort of, you know, it's knowing. Uh, it's a, it's sort of slightly droll in this way. This is the Scotland, so Scotland's, uh, if for people that don't know, uh, the, la- the last World Cup that Scotland qualified for, their uh, their official anthem was by Delamitri and it was called Don't Come Home Too Soon, which is quite funny because every team normally has a song about winning the competition. <laughs> but mm. ours was about not getting knocked out quite so quickly as we normally are, which I think, you know, it's nice to have a bit of realism. <laughs> uh, right, where were we? We were at, we, we were lamenting the lack of opportunities for youngsters but uh that nicely brings us on to uh a youngster we spent all of last season crowing for getting getting a try getting a run out and uh number 17 is Fazeo Deli Bashiru Fazeo Deli Bashiru I'm going for B plus mm. I'm really happy to see how he's realized himself into a de- decent center midfield option that we all thought he looked like a beast in real presence, something different, his ability to break the lines, and his strength in that ability is a huge asset. I'm looking forward to more of the same, and I would love to give him an A-tier ranking come the end of this season. I've been so, <laughs> like almost the, like the pride of a father over Faseo Deli Bashiru. I He's everything I hoped he would be. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's kind of a little bit weird and a little bit questionable, but... Uh, I don't know if it's a secret fancy of yours, but you've talked twice about uh, fathering fathering people, uh, children who aren't white on this podcast, Sheffield Wednesday players who... Well, when I eventually marry Ego and Wodum from uh, Saturday Night Live, this is the future that I've pl- mapped out for myself. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but he... Uh... He's just different. He's we don't have anything like him. We spent all no. last season saying there's nothing like him in the squad. We need to. Uh, it'd be nice to see him given a try, and mm-hmm. eventually we've got our wish. And 
unlike so many times, he's not someone who's got who's sort of good in his absence. He's good when he plays. Uh, I'd like to see even more from him. I think, as you say, I, I think I think B, B plus is a nice score because it's there is room to grow. He can do even better, mm. but he's just on the cusp of of twenty one. You'll never guess that I've got not just ages but days of uh, the year, um, which is why I'm so obsessed now with how old everybody is. I apologise for that. But twenty years old, three hundred fifteen days in that twentieth year, so. You know he's gonna he's gonna be twenty one soon, but he's uh, there's nobody else that plays like him in our squad. We haven't had anybody that plays like him for a long time who can just drive through a challenge or two and 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 make things happen, make the game open up. Uh, long may it continue. I, as I say, I, I it's interesting. His idol is Yaya Torre, and I think you can see so much of Yaya Torre in him. And one of the slightly frustrating things about Yaya Torre was you just wished he would do it more often. Mm. That thing where he gets hold of the ball and just drives with it. Uh, and Delhi Bashiru does kind of hold that a little bit as well. I don't know whether it's like an energy management thing. He knows he's only got two or three of those surges in him in a 90-minute game. So he tries to pick his best moments for them. But I, I would love to see him be able to do it just a little bit more just a little bit more and make those moments count. But he's got himself a goal. He's got himself an assist on top of that goal. And he's been very, very unlucky not to get a couple of other goals on top of that. Um, lots lots to like about him. He's the, he's the most exciting prospect in the squad, I think. Uh, and I, we figured out that he, he does have another year left. Is that right? I think that's the case, yeah. I think I remember us uh, signing to a three-year deal. So when if we, that's the case, then that's really good because um, I think we want to keep we want to keep riding riding this uh, this Delhi Bashiru train, uh, <laughs> right? Um, next up is winger turned wing back turned full back turned centre back Marvin Johnson. Isn't this an interesting weird thing that like I think with Johnson we've been through. We've been through a fair cycle mm. as part of this process. So that's a preamble for me saying I'm going to give him a C, okay. uh, which which is weird. I don't know if it should be higher. But I, I think the first things I want to say is he's been a disappointment overall. I, I don't know what exactly to think about him as a player. Um, he isn't much of a winger, but apparently that's on his business card. Yeah, and now he's cultured enough to be turned into a feasible option at centre back after 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 a couple of bad games. Um, his crossing is good. It is crossing from deep is a nice feature of his play, and I think that kind of works on the overlap for us. I think that's good. Um, I just I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say. I I think I'm being fair. I I'd like to think of more nice things to say. But um, I'm I'm struggling. Interesting, because I suppose when you add it all up, <laughs> it probably only amounts to about four games. <laughs> mm. The I suppose I've been so shocked by the the, the fact the centre back things worked that um, maybe I've been kind of overrating it. But I would have yeah I would have put him somewhere a bit a little bit higher. I think that's my. 
Mm. Uh, well, what would you think about giving then I, him? But then I think hearing your arguments, I'm fairly persuaded, honestly, to be honest. Mm. As, a, as you say, there's a guy that come, comes in as a winger. Um, he's not been very good at that when he's played. Um, but there's just something about him. He adds that balance to that back, to the back three. Uh, I suspect even when, even if all the centre backs were there, we, he we, he may well be still playing that position, uh, which I think is a testament to to, to what he's done there. Um, mm. So, but I see in that maybe it's maybe he's been a D in his natural position, and maybe he's been a good enough to be a B in defence. Uh, in the centre back position, so altogether it's a, a C. Uh, that probably makes sense. It's not. It is actually pretty short lived his period as, as a centre back. So mm. uh, although it feels outsized because it's recent, the recency bias there is um, should should be ignored if you, if you can. So uh, no, that's fair enough. I think a C. Um, Number numero nineteen is Agbon Tahoma, David Agbon Tahoma, who's had a couple of appearances in the Silly Cup. Um, silly Cup appearances mean that he gets a C. Um, he's been fine in those cup games. He looks he looks all right. Yeah, I don't nothing that makes me think wow he should be playing in some of these games where we have giant defensive issues. Um, yeah, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, I think I think uh, fair enough. He probably should have got more time in the cup games. You yeah, know? That, especially our last one. I, I don't see why we we jammed a bunch of bunch of terrible first team options into no a centre back, with the exception of the Patterson. I'd say. I just don't know why we why we tried uh, in particular. We tried Brown again. I just think that was a bad, a really bad choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's obviously a reason that it happens. There's there's a lot of, I guess, there's trust and things like that involved. But it is, I think, we experience football on a kind of week to week basis. We're not seeing training grounds. I guess those of us who are a bit geeky and obsessed with things, uh, we also then have the window into the world of football that is fake in computer games and. So much of that is play youth players, youth players get you play youth players, youth players get better. So you should always pick the young guy over an older guy because the, there's so much ups, upside. I think in reality, that's not the case more often than not. And and the, in the sort of world weary mm. actual football world, there's a there must be a reason beyond just orthodoxy that they they all they always favor. Um, even an out of position experienced pro over a young player, uh, even though it does leave us scratching our heads <laughs> as fans. Um, because yeah, I just don't. He's six foot four. He's a centre back. Why not have him as part of the defensive line over a, a guy who's like five eleven and a and a winger? I, I that would be my choice every time, but. Darren Moore is not the only one that would have picked an existing squad member over a young player. So who knows? But yeah, C C's fair enough. I think he, he did all right in his one, you know, his one start. He he didn't really let the side down at all, but we were constantly under pressure in that game. So uh it wasn't it wasn't a standout performance by any stretch. Uh 
Number 20 is Florian Camberry on loan from St. Gallen. Um, gone for a B minus for the man, the man, the Florian. Uh, I still don't know who he is, the footballer. Yes. But his talents are definitely somewhere. <laughs> um, somewhere between here and Switzerland. I think so, yeah. So they're just somewhere in that spectrum. You know, we've got a tracking number. We can see it coming in. We might have to pay some import fees. Um, but I, I guess the, the positive thing I really want to say is, and I think we've kind of touched upon this a couple of times with him, like we've had some performances saying, there's something about him. I don't really know what it is, but I'm I'm excited to keep finding out. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I think that's something really more about Florian Camberry. There is. There really is. <laughs> Sorry, cut you off there. Something about Florian. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> he's got or something, something about Camberry. That's even the oh, that's, yeah. that's a much better joke. That's a much better title. That's <laughs> so I know it myself. Uh, yeah. I also want Jonathan Richmond to do something about Ken Berry. <laughs> do you, I mean, not just because he comes from a part of Europe that we don't normally see footballers from, but... Mm, so that also maybe has the idea that maybe he sometimes puts a bit of jizz in his hair. Yes, yep. Carry <laughs> <laughs> on. <laughs> Uh, he, he um, there's something Atinuyu esque about him in some ways. Mm. That you know, one not, moment looking like not an... annoyingly the things we want him to be like Atinuyu though. Completely, not a hundred percent match. No, not not completely. No, but so another man that sort of. I'm just trying to see where he's actually. So he he is Swiss, but he uh, he play his uh, national team supposedly is Albania, which uh, when Atti joined us, because he didn't have Kosovo to play for, Albania was his um, choice of squad. I'm just thinking, but like, it's more that kind of, the fact that there's something kind of mercurial about him. (laughs) And because Atti, you'd have a moment where he just looked like the most elegant, wonderful footballer. Like, I mean, the first thing Atti did in a Wednesday shirt is like one of the best goals I've ever seen anybody score in a Wednesday shirt. That goal against QPR, I just thought, oh my goodness, like Dave Jones is uh, the greatest genius on earth. How on earth did we get this guy? He's six mm. foot, he's six foot seven, and he just pirouetted like a ballerina and slotted it in from the edge of the box like it was nothing. Like we've got we've got the best footballer ever. He's got everything. <laughs> And folks, we did not have the best footballer ever, but we did have a curmudgeon, uh, lovable rogue, uh, and um, someone who we all took to our hearts. But but in Canberra, it's that thing that like one moment he does something so clever and so thought through and like difficult to pull off. The next moment he'll really fail at a very basic, just controlling mm. of the football or trapping of the football. Um, I don't really know whether he's left-footed or right-footed because both of them seem to be equally likely to do something good and terrible. This isn't related, but do you remember just uh, do you remember the full spectrum of your reactions towards towards Alessio Bacruz? Bacruz. Bacruz. <laughs> what, 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 what were they? 
Well, one time I thought you thought he was he was excellent and had a really brilliant yes. game, which I think like one occasion. And then other times you said, I don't know how he's a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I, I, but again, mm. the similarities are there. The similarities are, are strong. Mm-hmm. Canberra scored, like the goal he scored against Accrington Stanley is just so clever and brilliant. And mm. how do you pull it mm-hmm. off? Um, mm-hmm. He also completely... How many goals has he had so far? He's got four goals, I believe. I was say four goals. That's my guess. That's my guess. That's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. He's had eight starts in the league and four league goals. Um, he's That's also good. scored in the Silly Cup as well, but I don't have stats for that. Mm. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to see if I can pull that up quickly. Uh, but as I say, yeah, he's there's, there's, you just don't know what he's going to do from moment to moment. He's uh, he's a really a very intriguing footballer <laughs> in many ways. Um, but he's, I like the fact he get, he gets goals. He's got one extra, so he's got one goal in the. He got a goal against Mansfield, so overall he's got five goals in his uh, in his thirteen appearances, eight starts. Oh no, fifteen. Oh well, forget it. He's played a few times. He's scored a few goals. That's what we know about Florian Camberry. Mm. I think I liked I like him as a partner for for. Uh, I think he brings out good things in Gregory. Um, I think he adds a goal threat that maybe sometimes Gregory doesn't quite carry through. He's so so minded to help us build the play at times, Gregory, that he's not the goal threat that he could be. But I think having Canberry alongside him, Canberry reads those moments well. And I think he knows when teams are in trouble and kind of he's good at kind of killing things off, killing off moments. Um, so, yeah, a fascinating character. Um, and yeah, did you go for B pluses? That was that or B minus? Uh, da, da, da. he's a B minus. Yeah, I think B minus is right. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's done enough to win a B plus, but I, I think there's like a number of these players who are starting to get going. That's a even some of the poorer that. players. Like <sighs> Shadipo's been bad, but I, I think he's going to get a much better. Well, he's going to get a better mark than that by season's end. You'd hope so. Like I can't see how it gets much worse, really. Yeah, for him, for his perspective. But I genuinely think he's had a few moments where. He's had a couple of, he's had like two or three games where I think he's been, you know, okay to decent, really. Yeah. So I, I'm expecting more of those. I could well be disappointed. But I think with Canberry, I think, I think there's more to come. Yeah, definitely. Um, so next up, he was traction mass. Then he was action mass. Now he's suspended mass and then <laughs> in action mass. Uh, Massimo Luongo. Uh, again, it's difficult to mark, but I've gone with a B plus. You know, he's great when he plays, and mm. thankfully we're seeing some of that before he goes. He's a difference, though, again, some question about how much difference he can be for Wednesday when he's barely fit and barely plays. Yeah. A big second half for us, for the season, for us more than him in terms of his contributions, I think. Um, and I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, he's still relatively young. That's kind of a sad thing about him. I know. Like it's such a ter- torrid injury hit period, but one where we've seen so much of what he can do and just depressing to be like, I think last season, like if he was fit, we wouldn't have been relegated. Yeah. Totally. You, know? you know, so he's still relatively young and I think he, he can, and he definitely will eke out some contracts somewhere. But I, 
I, I just, I also think like it'd be such a big benefit for both parties if he can stay fit and have a strong end of the season. Well, of course. But then, unfortunately, this is the third season running where we've been saying the exact same thing about him. Mm. Um, but we're saying that near an end of, we're nearer the end of that relationship, that financial relationship. But, of course. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then maybe this will be when he was miraculously fit more often than not so that he gets another contract and then he spends the next two, three years injured again. Because <laughs> we've... Uh, maybe. We have seen that story play out many a time at Wednesday. Mm-hmm. In a way, it might be helpful for him that he's missing out on this kind of busy, festive period in terms of his long-term fitness prospects. Um, he's less likely to be asked to play too many games in too few, uh, too, too few days. Uh, so if he was going to miss a period of time, this is kind of a useful one in terms of game management or managing his his fitness. But, um, yeah, so good when he plays, so important, but so often missing. It's uh, it's just been such a sad tale, really, <laughs> with Luongo. Um, yeah. But nothing against him as a player, really, uh, unless he unless he does more of this silly nonsense like his, like his, um, his red card he, he gave up this last time. Uh, number 22, the Man Mountain. Che Dunkley, Dunkers. Dunks gets B+. B+. Plus. I think his run of games has been remarkable. Um, such a weird and strange Sheffield Wednesday career so far, you know, following such a bad start to his Wednesday career and now suddenly in the year to redeem himself, he's, he's doing that very, very well, I must say. You know, I, I hope he can do enough to make a case for him staying for a very full, poor first season from injury. Mm. I, I guess it's interesting right now. We're we're staring down the, the barrel of another kind of injury process involving him, and not entirely sure what the full extent of that is. It's been a lot of silence, which doesn't make you feel particularly great about that. No, it doesn't. Um, but I, I'm just hoping we can see more of his towering headers, you know, from corners and set pieces, scoring goals, and just taking out defenders in the process. Really, yeah. You know, he just he comes in comes in like a wrecking ball to shade Dunkley. <laughs> oh, like a heavily tattooed Hannah Montana, Che Dunkley wanders in there. Um, yeah, I I just agree on everything you said. It's you can see it's been nice to at least see the player that convinced Monk he was such an important he was important enough to ignore the fact he had a broken leg to sign him. You know, I think we've started to see the kind of absolute monster man mountain side of Che Dunkley that I think made Monk lose his mind. <laughs> um, and it, hopefully, hopefully injury doesn't stop us seeing more of that uh, because we've, we've certainly, we've seen enough of the, the rough stuff from, uh, from Dunkley. It'd be nice to get more of the, the good stuff. Um, next up is Theo Corbino. Corbino gets an A minus. Um, the only true out and out winger who has a bit of everything and the pace and skill to put defenders on their backside. Been a difficult start for him, but finding his feet and some style should be starting every game if he's fit enough to play. Totally. Uh, just a joy, just a joy to watch. The, a throwback, old fashioned winger. Um, I, I love him on the left in particular I think that's his best position I think that means he can cross with his left and he can cut in and shoot well with his right I think he looks a bit more um 
predictable on his on the right hand side because his left foot's not not quite so strong. So cutting inside, he's not as much of a danger. But um, yeah, just looking forward to the to another another few months of enjoying him play, and I'm sure he's got big big things ahead of him in the game. It's going to be he's only 19 years old, so it's going to be. It's going to be really a, a joy to see where he goes and hopefully we can take some pride in being a step on on that journey because I think a bit like Kenwin Jones and Chris Brunt and people like that, he's got he's got he's got a pretty serious future ahead of him and it's gonna be yeah, we're Wednesday. Wednesday we're a step along that road. Um, I don't think there's any pretense that we're going to be interested in buying him or are likely to do that. But um, yeah, well done, Corbino, for the for a great first half of the season once he got his chance. And here's to more of the same. So uh, that brings us along to possibly the most divisive figure in the whole squad. Um, so squad number 24 is Saido Berahino, the man from Burundi. Yes. Uh, I've gone with an E plus for Sado Berahino. Um, he gets a plus to add on to the end of the E because he scored a couple of times, once in league and once in the Papa John's Trophy. Terrible. Darren must be very let down by his friend and shown publicly also. Has a lot to do to rescue his Wednesday career, but then he can just feck off to the never regions of Europe for another tail in his journeyman career. It's often said that people will drive him there themselves, but I'll do something a little bit different. I will prep his stick and bindle for him. Or maybe to be festive, he can put all his stuff in a box and I'll wrap it in a poorly, I'll wrap it poorly in the finest paper that Poundland has on sale on Boxing Day. <laughs> oh, I mean, we all knew he was coming in under the kind of guise of it's a bit of a roll of the dice. It's maybe, you know, there's... There's not much downside, but there's a lot of upside kind of thing. And to come in under that, <laughs> like expectations were not high for Berahino. I don't think anybody was thinking we're getting, although every opposition commentator has said, oh, bought by Stolt for £15 million. Well, it, the story was already pr- turning pretty crap when it was bought by Stoke for 15 million, you know, that was the drop. That was the, that was the, the end of the story, really the good stuff when it comes to Berahino. Um, but I think no, no Wednesday night was under the pretense that we were getting a 15 million pound player, but what we were hoping was we'd get a player that was good enough for our level, maybe more than good enough for our level. And there's a bit of uh, we're taking a gamble on him. He's kind of taking a gamble on us. And as you say, there's this friendship aspect, <sighs> mentor, mentee. It's been dreadful. He is embarrassingly bad at football at this stage. And uh, yeah, as we touched on earlier, if this was my friend doing me a favour and this is the job of work that I did, um, as the friend doing the favour, I would be questioning that friendship because he's taking the mick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we often talk, you know, they can't can't stop you working, can't stop you running. You know, we, we, there's lots of football idioms. Um, nothing, nothing stops him working hard. Nothing stops him getting his head down and putting in a shift other than being a lazy bugger. And unfortunately, that's what he is to his very, very core. Um, we were hopeful when he joined. I watched that long interview with Rio Ferdinand. 
but the the thing is, it's never Sido's fault. He's so hard, you know. He's so hard done by, and the world's against him, and whatever else. But the, the fact of the matter is, all of his issues, by and large, have been self inflicted. Um, you know, having a transfer fall through when you're a young man and you you're hoping to go to to, to Tottenham, that's a bad, you know. Oh, oh, shocks! That's a bad thing to happen. What nobody else does is pick up their stick and bindle and take themselves to Spurs to embarrassingly stand outside. And that was the big, you know, that's the beginning of the the end of the good stuff of Saido Berahino. He never quite recovered from that. He sold for a lot less money than that to Stoke and then basically sort of disappears. And he's yet another circus act to turn up at Sheffield Wednesday. And the most seriously deluded amongst the fan base are trotting out the same sort of lines that we heard about Francis Jeffers. Oh, he's used to a better quality of player around him. And if he was surrounded by those sort of... It's poppycock. Like, (laughs) getting your head down, working hard, seizing chances when they come, being good when you get your chances on the ball. It's nothing to do with the players around you. It's to do with you, your attitude, your ability. I don't know whether it's all attitude problems for Berahino or all ability problems, confidence, whatever. But I also just don't care at this stage. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish we hadn't signed him. If there was a way to get rid of him, I'd gladly bite the hand off anybody that would take him away. He's, I'm sick. He makes us worse when he comes on. It's not just like for like, it's like having a man sent off. And he keeps getting chances. He keeps getting brought on off the bench. Um, he's stealing opportunities from people that might actually be able to make the most of them. And if he's the, he's a huge, huge disappointment. Um, the only thing that stops him being the most disappointing signing is that none of us had realistic expectations of him being anything other than a bit disappointing. But the fact he's sort of dipped below that puts him really, he's on a level with Shadipo. Um, but Shadipo does take the biscuit in that he should have been the guy that we've spent a bit of extra money on to get the quality, the known quality in the league from. Um, <laughs> we're in a little run of disappointments now because we bring ourselves to Lewis Wing, number 26 in the squad. Oh, Lewis Wing, Lewis Wing, Lewis Wing, Lewis Wing. <laughs> See, there's, there's a degree of like marking people for what their performances are. And there's also a degree of kind of looking about what's going on and how we can look at these key players. Uh, Lewis Wing gets an E for me. He's been monumentally disappointing. I mean, I don't know whether this is actually the case or not, but I, I thought my under impression from his kind of background, from his heritage, um, he was someone who I think was someone who was seen as being a very key player for Rotherham. Yeah. And maybe their play of the season last year in the tier above um, should have really put himself in like the nature of like from those appearances and dropping down a level should have really put him um, put him in some decent performances. But uh, he just looks shocking. He's looking removed of confidence. Poor. I'd love to get a discount on his loan fee and put that towards a six pack of losses. I think that would give me more pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I one of many in the could do better and hopefully will do better bracket. But um, yeah, what we thought we were getting and what we've ended up with are markedly different in the case of Lewis Wayne. Mm-hmm. 
the for me the sort of uh, the positive note on him is he gets he's got into the right positions fairly often. Um, I've just noticed he has he doesn't have a, a league goal yet for us, which I, I, is telling <laughs> in many ways. Um, I do I know he scored in the silly cup, the, the pizza cup. Um, yeah, I I I would I go along with your scoring. I share your disappointment. Um, he's uh, not not been as advertised as uh, as Lewis Wayne. Uh, next up is number twenty eight. It's top forty, Joe. It's Joe Wildsmith. Um, have we also kind of gone past? Is Liam Waldock on your list as well, Rich? He's not on my list. No. Oh, that's weird. I think he was number twenty seven on the Wikipedia squad list when I went through. Oh. Not much to say there. I can basically just say I'm going to give him a C. He's been okay in a couple appearances. Yeah. Not quite up to, I think, the past promise that he's shown. But again, it's not something I'm really expecting to. So we'll just give a little brief cameo and a brief mention for Liam Waldup before we get on to Joe Waldsmith. Yeah, that means some some Wikipedia ninja has been in and taken Waldock out between when you pulled down the information and me looking at it today. And that's really funny. What a strange person. <laughs> if you're oh, the podcast, you're an odd person, but, um, you know, good, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening, so I still like you. So there we go. Yeah. And it's anyway. Friday night. Do you know what I need to do? I need to remove Liam Waldock from the first team squad list. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Wildsmith gets an F. Much like Bill Burr's Netflix animated sitcom, Chancery would agree that F is for family. I would state that F is for failure, and Joe Wildsmith is definitely one of those. I genuinely don't remember him being this bad. He re- reignited his Sheffield Wednesday career just prior to the pandemic, and he has got into a poor virus ever since then. I do believe he is better than what he's given us so far, genuinely, but we won't see that at Sheffield Wednesday. Dire. <laughs> it's hard to disagree. Um, I can't. I really can't wait till, till he's gone. And I can't wait till Dawson's gone as well. Just not good enough. Never been good enough. I don't think goalkeeper is somewhere where you can put up with an academy product making their mistakes either. I just think it's uh, it's far too important a position. And, and, and I mean, not, not to put too fine a point on it, I've got the ages here. Um, Joe Wildsmith is, is 26. In uh, in ten days' time, and Bailey Peacock Farrell's just turned twenty five, so he's not even young. He's he's uh, he's you know I know he's young for a goalkeeper, but this should be the, these should be the prime years. These should be the juicy fruit years for uh, Joe Watson. <laughs> and what we are seeing is severely disappointing on that basis. Um, number thirty two, the returning Jack Hunt. Jack Hunt, I'm going to go for an A minus. I mean, it's a real joy to have him come back in general and return, but then also have the possibility and what looks like it's been the case of him improving upon his Wednesday career mm. is something huge. That's a huge testament to his performances. Constantly a threat from that berth and someone who's so good on that flank that we can just look to him to do double duty while we worry about the left flank. Yes. I think he's been a little bit unfortunate to miss a few games. And he's as he's always looked decent for us this season. Yeah, good call. I, it's been really nice to see him come back. Um, 
obviously he was there for, for some very good years uh, and sort of escaped the worst of the the downfall of, of Carlos and what followed. Um, but nice to have him come back. He's more than good enough for the for League One, even at his uh, advanced stage in life. Um, and yeah, as you say, he just it's box ticked when it comes to that right hand side, whether it's right back, right wing back. Uh, he's he's happy happy to do it. I think the only misstep we had was when he was brought on against Wigan as a as a full on winger. It just didn't work at all. He didn't know where to stand, <laughs> but that wasn't mm. his fault. Um, I don't think you sort of bring somebody of his uh, of his vintage on to to suddenly play a position they've never played in their life before. Um, but we'll get to we'll get to Mister Moore and his uh, rating soon enough. Yeah, lo- yeah, lovely a lovely return, and uh, long may it continue. Um, number thirty four is Kieran Brennan. Kieran Brennan, I've gone for a B plus. Really good. God, I hope he stays. Uh, deceptively great with the ball at his feet for a centre back, and mm. he's got the height and build of a you know a good promising centre back footballer. This definitely at this level, we can say that maybe maybe even a little bit higher as well. Yeah, you know, but I think he's a player of a lot of promise, and I think there's more to come. And I I really hope that's with Sheffield Wednesday. Totally. Um, <laughs> it's so weird to be in this position again that we were with yeah. Shaw. Um, yeah. I hope we don't get disappointing news in terms of him having signed for Celtic or something similar because there's so much to like about him. He's a, He seems to be a young man with a lot of promise and a, lot, a good future ahead of him. As you say, good, good. Uh, he's he's got some man strength to add to his game. I imagine there's a bit of filling out to do, but he's got a good base to build on. Seems to have good height, good engine, uh, reads things well, picks his moments well in terms of coming forward. Doesn't get himself in in bother too often, which is nice to see because um, that's always one of those things. If you are a centre back that's going to wander forward with the ball. Uh, picking your moments is is almost one of the most important skills in your in your locker because if you do it at the wrong time you leave everybody at sea. Um, the good range of passing, yeah, lots lots to like. If Dunkley can teach him how to like murder three centre backs and head a ball into the goal as well, that would be a really good skill to to learn under his tutelage as well. Um, mm-hmm. We then make a, a leap of six numbers to Silla Sal. Silasau, this is another tough one, I think, really. Let's uh it's let's 95 go with... minutes of league football, by the way, for Silasau. Wow. Again, it's it's difficult going off Berahino, right? I mean Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna give him a C. I think he's had a bit of an unfair showing, and I think yeah. there's a rating possibly a little bit higher for him than that. But I mean, you know, we'll never see that, unfortunately. No. I don't really know what else to say. I mean I know. It looks like there's bits to him. Looks like there's a bit of pace. Um, yeah, I don't know nice what to. A little bit more of him to know what. Yeah, definitely. Because we don't even know he might be bad, but we don't even know if he's bad because we're just not <laughs> we've not seen enough of him at all. Um, he seems to be behind one of the last in the queue for a, a left wing berth. He's never been looked at as a right winger. I don't think to this point. Up front, he always gets overlooked for Berahino. So, yeah, he's going to probably go. He may even go in January without us ever getting to see see what he's about. He scored some good goals in the Pizza Trophy, uh, playing mm. as a striker. But uh, mm. 
although he seems to be fit to partner Berahino in that competition, he's definitely second to him where, when it comes to um, comes to the first the you know first team uh, league games. But so there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a bit hard to judge on as well. Number forty-one mm. is Nathaniel Mendes Lang, who we've he's barely got his got himself through the door really. Just nineteen. Yeah, and uh, maybe I'm going to go for a similar grade. I think um, maybe actually I'm going to like be a bit generous and give a C plus. Okay, Mendes Lang, because I mean it was a very good cameo that we saw from him and. You know, we have fair expectations of him with his background. We have a, most people have a rough idea about who he is, the player, and what his pedigree is. Yeah. So, should be coming in and probably doing some good stuff. You know, it wasn't too shabby. Hoping there's more to come from him in the second half of the season. And I, I, I should well think that there is. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it, really. As Well, <laughs> there is a player who's no longer at the club. Of course, how could I forget Mr. Andre Green? They call him Andre. Andre. And he started two matches at the beginning of the season. Um, I've given him a C-. minus. Um, <laughs> I remember him playing, which is kudos enough to him. <laughs> Enjoy your backpacking year, Andre. <laughs> Yeah, Andre Green, and uh, I, I'm wondering how he's doing for Slovan Bratislava. He definitely scored on their first Europa League he game, did, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's played all of six games, but he scored four goals and got an assist. It's pretty decent. It's a good return, isn't it? It just makes you wonder why he's it not. Really is. He's not played more. <laughs> <laughs> is he? An, is he? Has he been an injured boy? Is that what's happened? <laughs> yeah well there we go that's so that's the that's the squad of players do we want to give a score for the squad as a whole or do we just go to uh give darren moore his score uh let's just go and give darren moore his score i think okay so the man in the hot seat mm. what about darren moore i think he gets a solid b yeah really? that seems that seems about right i think I don't know. Like it's it's been the there have been positives where we didn't expect positives, but there have been negatives where we kind of would expect him to figure some stuff out. So it's not been pure, but I think the last run of games has been pretty fantastic. And we thought there would probably be some upheaval in bringing the squad in. So maybe that kind of explains and talks about you know that uh, that period, that period which was a bad run for Sheffield Wednesday. Well, it took a long time to, I think you're right, it took a long time to sort of bed things in. But throughout, we very rarely lost games. I know there's we have had a lot of frustration of lost points, but we've only lost three games so far. Mm. So even through the sort of difficult periods, we were still sort of keeping the clock ticking in terms of rocket racking up points, which I think is another reason why we're, we're still there or thereabouts, despite the fact we did have a kind of disappointing period points per game. Um, I like where we've ended up. I, I, I don't know whether it's by necessity or design, but if we continue playing in the fashion that we, we have towards the sort of end of this year for the rest of the season, 
it's going to be a pretty fun, wild ride. You know, a team that looks to score goals, uh, play on the front foot, maybe takes a few more chances than they should at the back, um, but has faith in its own ability to sort of dig itself out of those any holes that are dug. Um, it's the sort of football I think most people want to see, that kind of swashbuckling <laughs> from, from, you know, putting our strengths on the opposition rather than worrying about their their strengths and trying to mitigate them. It's the opposite of Catanaccio. It's, it's um, I don't know whether it's Moraccio, you know, we just try and, <laughs> try and do our own thing and do it as well as possible and, and, and have faith that that's going to be enough. So, yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the season, provided it happens and we don't all get, get put in a bunker again. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anything else? No, no, I think that covers our midterm report. That's a fairly decent episode, considering <laughs> less than ideal situations. But uh, we've been here before, and I don't know. Looks like we'll probably be in this place next week, but let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Let's live in hope. Mm-hmm. You know what we're like with our sunny outlook on things. Mm. <laughs> it's all about positive mental attitude on different gravy. That's what people say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, I think I can tell. So I'm sure listeners to the podcast will have not, would have felt this surge of sugary goodness in uh, in the content that Luke Leddell's put out. But uh, Luke absolutely smashed some whispers before the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I can tell that the sugar is starting to lull in his system. So I think mm. before he has a complete crash, we should, we should get out while the going's good and mm-hmm. uh, wish you well for the week ahead, folks. Stay safe. Um, you will have had your Christmases by the time we talk again. So... Have mm-hmm. have lovely Christmases and uh, same. I mean, obviously that goes for you as well, Luke. Um, Thank you. You too. And hopefully we've got a match to talk about come Boxing Day, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see. It's a bit mm-hmm. hard to imagine it happening, but uh, until where there's life, there's hope, um, which is very much the the theme of the podcast of, of uh, different gravy. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh, good day, folks. Uh, look after yourselves and cheerio. Have a good one. Bye bye.